Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.church, where you can listen to our past sermons, watch our 4G stories, and learn more about who we are. Let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God today. Good, good. I hope you're, uh, I hope you're over your uh, NCAA coma that you had yesterday afternoon. I know I fell into one and uh, God healed me of it this morning about 630. I'm glad that you're here today. We're in our final week of our series called Frequency. And uh, we're learning how to tune in to hear God's voice. I want to welcome both of our campuses, LaGrange and Noonan. I'm so glad that you're worshiping with us today. In fact, I want both campuses right now to give each other a huge round of applause, all right? So we're in our final week of this series about how to tune in and to hear God's voice. And for some of you, maybe you've caught all the messages, maybe you need to go back and catch up, but I just want to bring you back to a few fundamental things because I think today's message will probably end up being my favorite in the entire series. We said this, God's frequency of his voice is a personal relationship. It's not a special ability. It's not about being super spiritual. It's not about this whole idea that, you know, I've got to cross T's and dot I's and do all that stuff. It's not even about being super religious. The key to hearing God's voice is a personal relationship. And last week, we answered a really, really important part about this series, and that is, how do we get a word from God? And we said last week, you know, we go through seasons of our life, whether it's a relationship issue or it's a marital issue or a, you know, a parenting issue. And we're just like, God, I need to hear your voice. Like I need to hear you speak. And, and we said this last week, one of the keys to hearing God speak is to learn to value his voice. If we truly value God's voice, there tends to be this way that God speaks to us and we hear. We talked about Samuel and when God spoke to him there in Eli's house and and how he heard God for the very first time. The key to hearing God speak is to value his voice. And so we talked about some very practical ways that we can get alone and get a word from God. One of the biggest ones is this. We've got to get still and worship. We've got to get still and worship. The idea that sometimes the battle of hearing God's voice, we begin to hear God's voice when we get still enough and then we worship because remember, worry is about measuring the size of your problems. Worship is about measuring the size of your God. It's a totally different thing there today. So today, I think it's gonna be one of the the best in the series. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Judges chapter six. And as you're turning over there, I wanna tell you, um, how many of you guys know in 2010, Apple bought a product from a company that they installed on all of their phones. It was known as Siri. Y'all know what Siri is, right? How many many of y'all got iPhones? All right, we're gonna pray for all you droid users today. And... uh, No, you don't want these droids. You want these droids. Okay, little Star Wars action there for you. Um, So in 2010, Apple bought this product called Siri, and they decided that they were going to put it in all of their phones, um, which I just think is is crazy. Let's see if this can get this thing to come up here real quick. It says, no caller ID, missed call. So whoever called me, I love you, okay? Um, So here's the deal. So when they created Siri, one of the things that happened was, for the first time, you could actually speak into this box and it would recognize your voice and it would go out to a cloud and whatever you said, it would try to give you a response back because the goal of Siri was to become your personal assistant. It literally was meant to be your personal assistant. We got it up there real quick. Did we lose signal? 
Oh, there we go. Okay. So I started thinking about this. Voice recognition has changed everything in our, our world. Whether you call someone and you get put on hold and all you can yell is, agent, agent. I don't know. None of y'all ever do that. I do it really desperately. And then the agent comes on live and they think I'm yelling. No, I wasn't yelling at you. I was listening to an automated voice. Okay. So think about this. Siri has the ability to recognize your voice, go to a cloud, validate it with the words that you're saying and try to speak back to you in an intelligible way. Y'all ever tried this? Hey Siri, what is zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends. There you go. Very intelligent. Very intelligent. Hey Siri, can you beatbox? Here's one I've been practicing boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. I could do this all day. Cats and boots and 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 cats. Wow, that is so intelligent. Like, right, like I spoke into there and that thing went out and it validated. So like, like this. Hey Siri, can you tell me a joke? Two iPhones walk into a bar. I forget the rest. That's crazy. Like how in the world, like this whole thing has changed. Like this is the one that always gets me. Hey Siri, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Well, since a woodchuck is really a groundhog, the correct question would be, how many pounds in a groundhog's mound when a groundhog pounds hog mounds? All right. Yeah. Like I'm flabbergasted. So this whole idea about voice recognition is a big deal because think about it. If I can learn to take my voice and stick it into this box and then suddenly it goes to a cloud and it doesn't know not only my voice, it knows your voice. And it can go there and it can validate the very question or the words that I'm saying. Now, what's crazy about that is this, the God of the universe, he wants to validate his voice. In fact, let me say it to you this way. When God speaks, he wants to validate his voice. You may be here today and you're like, man, I need some greater voice recognition in my life. Like I need to know that not only does God hear me, but I need to know and be able to validate God's voice when he is speaking to me. And I know some of you go, can you really do that? Oh, you can. And that's what we're going to talk about today because when God speaks, he wants to validate his voice. But here's the problem we have sometime with validating God's voice. We often don't want to wait on God to validate his voice. Think about it. Four letter words in the English dictionary that are bad that you would never say in church. You know what the worst one is? W-A-I-T. Wait. Wait. Think about it. We don't wait for much in our life. We, we struggle with waiting in our life. And the truth is, the validation of what God is saying to us is worth the waiting. Why? Because that's partly how we live by faith. God, I need to hear your voice. I need to know that it's you speaking to me. God, could you please validate your voice to me? Judges chapter six tells us a story. It's a very familiar story. Most of us know it as the story of Gideon. We talked about Gideon this summer in our Broverb series about how God looked at Gideon and he called him a mighty warrior. And God called him what he was before he even became a mighty warrior, which is pretty awesome and how God sees us. 
But the story of Gideon is so much bigger than just how God called him a mighty warrior. It's really a visual of how we can learn to validate the voice of God in our life, like how we can learn to hear God speak. So early in the chapter of Judges chapter 6, an angel of the Lord comes and sits down under an oak tree and begins to have a conversation with Gideon. Now here's what's crazy. Anytime in scripture you see the phrase, the angel of the Lord, it's actually speaking not about just any angel, it's actually talking about Jesus. Because when the Bible says the angel of the Lord, that was a physical, like present manifestation of Jesus in that moment. And what's crazy is four times in Judges chapter six, it continues to say, the Lord said, the Lord answered, the Lord said, the Lord answered. God was saying again and again, hey, Gideon, I want to have a conversation with you and I want you to hear my voice and I want to validate it. So I want you to see the conversation he had when Gideon began to ask him some questions about God, would you please validate your voice? Look at verse 16 of Judges 6. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will go out and strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. In other words, God, I need you to tell me that it's you speaking before I go into battle. I want to know you're with me. Look what he says in verse 17. Gideon replied, if now I found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. How many of you guys ever say that to God? God, just give me a sign. Just give me a sign. Like some of you yesterday, you were like, Lord, if my team wins, is that my sign? And if my team loses, is that my sign? Some of you are really confused right now. The truth is this, God doesn't hate us when we want to sign for him. What he does is he says, hey, I, I want to validate my voice. He says, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Now here's what's crazy about that. Remember I said how sometimes we struggle to validate God's voice because we struggle to wait to hear God speak. Or we struggle to wait for him to validate his voice. But can I say something to you today? God never gets tired of you asking him to validate his voice. In this moment, Gideon says, God, give me a sign and here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put it before you and I'm gonna go cook a meal, an offering, prepare an offering and I'm gonna bring it to you and I love what God says there. God says, I'll wait. I'll wait. Never dawned on you, God's not in a hurry. You go, yeah, Sean, it really has. Like I'm praying for a new job. I'm praying for a spouse. Some of you have been praying for a spouse for 10 years and you're like, yes, Sean, I'm very aware God is not in a hurry. But can I also say this? God's never late. God wants to validate his voice and God even says, listen, you go do and prepare and do what you need to do, but I will wait for you. And the funny thing about this is God never condemned Gideon for asking him to confirm his voice. He literally just said, hey, I'll hang out here. This would have taken hours for Gideon to do. He would have had to go and probably kill something and prepare something and put it together. And then the Bible says he took it and he, he literally stuck it on a rock and God says, I'll wait. Here's what I want to say about that. God will wait to validate his voice. He will wait. And you may not understand the timing of it, but I want to remind you something about God. God's not limited by our time. Isn't it funny how we drive through many things in our life and we're just like, God, I need a drive-through word from you. 
Like the other day, I was on my phone and I ordered, I ordered a coffee from Starbucks on an app and it pointed a map of how to get to the Starbucks. And then it says, your coffee will be ready in approximately three to four minutes. And I'm driving to Starbucks like, wow, man, I feel special. And I thought, how many times in my life have I been to God and said, God, I need a three to four minute word. And God's going, Sean, I'll wait. I want you to know my voice and I want to validate it to you. But you got to understand something. Not only will I wait, but listen, God's never late. God speaks when he knows he needs to validate his voice. And in this moment, Gideon learned an amazing thing. God's not in a hurry. So he brings the offering to God and he lays it on the rock. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord came and took his staff and he literally reached out and touched the meal on the rock and he cooked it in a moment. I mean, that's better than a green egg right there. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it just cooked in a moment. But let me ask you a question. Do you think God spoke in that moment? Oh, absolutely. You think God validated his voice in that moment? Absolutely. God's not limited by time. And in that moment, Gideon literally saw God validate his voice. But see, Gideon's a lot like you and I. He would probably go to God and say, okay, God, you're telling me we're going to defeat the Midianites. I know we're going to win, but, but can you just show me like again? Can you make it happen? So God does that. Look at verse 36. He says, God, can you validate your voice again? Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel with my hand as you've promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. And if there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you have said. So he says, God, I'm gonna take this piece of fur and just lay it out here. And if you're truly speaking to me, would you validate your voice? And would you somehow make this, this piece of fur just totally wet, but everything around it dry? And look what happens. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung it out, the dew, a bowl full of water. Do you think God validated his voice? Absolutely. God touched a rock and cooked the meal. He touched the bowl and Gideon says, hey God, I, I, know, I know you're talking. I think I know you're speaking. But he says, hey God, will you do just the opposite? So look what he does here. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me just make one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. God never got tired of validating his voice. In fact, I want to say this. If you think God gets tired like you get tired, you've misread who God is. God says, I love it when my children come to me and say, hey, God, is this you speaking? Would you validate your voice? Would you show me that it's truly you speaking to me? Because at this moment, Gideon made a very, very critical decision. He said, okay, God, like you made it wet, then you made it dry and all this other stuff. So what does he do? He gets ready, man. He's getting going, gonna go out to battle. He takes 32,000 men and says, hey, God says, we're gonna do this. And God says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If you go out there with 32,000 men, you're gonna take credit for this battle. God says, you go ask those guys, hey, if you're afraid, you can leave. So what does he do? He steps up and says to the 32,000, he said, hey guys, if you're afraid, you can leave. And the Bible says 20,000 people left. Listen, Gideon would never be asked to speak at a leadership conference. 
right? Like he's not going to give a TED talk on how to be a phenomenal leader and, 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 and transform and get thousands to follow you. But he's hearing God speak and God says, okay, you got 10,000 left. So Gideon says, all right, God, we're going to defeat him with these 10,000. And God says, no, 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 wait a minute, Gideon. I want you to take the 10,000 and I want you to go down to the river. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to immediately separate all those who drink like dogs. And I know what Gideon's thinking. He's thinking what I would be thinking. Okay, God, you want to get all the crazy people out. I get it. I get it. It's all the weirdos who drink like dogs. So 300 drink like dogs. And God says, send the 9,700 home. (laughs) It was probably at that point where Gideon said, God, are you crazy? Like, is this really you talking? And here's what God said. He said, Gideon, with those 300 men, I will deliver you and I will defeat the Midianites before you. So what did Gideon do? He did the same thing we do sometimes. God, I just need you to tell me one more time how this whole thing is going to work out. So look at Judges chapter seven, verse nine. It says, during that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they're saying and afterward you will be encouraged to attack the camp. Gideon says, God, I just need one more confirmation and here's what God says. I'm gonna validate my voice to you one more time, Gideon. He goes down with his friend to the camp of the Midianites and he overhears two men in the camp and here's, he just happens to walk up on him as this guy's saying this. He says, hey man, I had this weird dream last night that there was this large barley loaf rolling down the hill and it literally rolled over all of our tents and destroyed us. And the soldier next to him, the Midianite soldier says, I know exactly what that means. That's Gideon's sword. He's about to take us out. We're going to die. We are going to lose this battle. And Gideon and his servant overhear the whole conversation and they go back and get the army and said, let's go. If you know the story, they didn't even really have to fight the battle. They surrounded the Midianite army. They broke glass jars. They began to signal the war cry and all of the Midianites killed each other. You know what I love about that whole story? Not what God did, but what God said. That the God of the universe was speaking to Gideon and Gideon continually led his life through letting God validate his voice. Can I tell you something? As you and I get older, one of the things that you're going to value more is not so much what God does, but what God says. That God is speaking and he has never stopped speaking and he longs to validate his voice. So today, here's what I want to say to you. If God's validating his voice, there's three questions that we need to ask continually in our life. You can say these three questions 12 different ways, but they all come back to the same three questions. God, how do I know that it's you speaking and how can I truly validate your voice? The first one is this. Does it align with the Bible? Does it align with with the Bible. Let me say it this way. God's voice will never disagree with God's word. It just won't. 
So sometimes, I don't know if you're like this, like sometimes I'm like, God, I need to hear a word from you. And so I'll go to the word of God and I'll begin praying. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but have you ever been tempted to want to take one word out of the Bible and make it say something it didn't really say? Like one time I was, I was praying, I was like, Lord, I, I, I need a new car. And so I went to the book of Acts and, and it says that they were all together in one accord. That's my answer. God loves Honda, right? Or, you know, you, you think of Moses. Uh, the, the truth is this, you know, that it says, um, I don't know if you know this or not, it says in the, the Bible that Moses actually hated tennis. Did you know that? Yeah, it says Moses refused to serve in the courts of Pharaoh. <laughs> you see, we do that a lot with the Bible, don't we? We, like, we want to find one verse and then we want to pull one word out of it. But the truth is this, God's voice will never disagree with God's word. Does it align to the Bible? The Bible never contradicts itself, but you and I can misinterpret what it says. Does it align with the Bible? We can misinterpret a word. We can misinterpret a phrase. And you know, the funny thing about this is there was a moment in Jesus's ministry where even Jesus understood this. The book of Matthew chapter 19 tells us a story about Jesus and the Pharisees came to him and said, hey, Jesus, is it okay or lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? And they were asking Jesus a question because they wanted to see how Jesus was going to answer this. Hey, Jesus, can you give us what the culture would say is what they were really tell us, you know, how do you how do you handle this? And I love what Jesus said. Jesus actually goes back to Genesis 2, 24 in Matthew 19. And he says, have you not read? In other words, God's already spoken on this issue. He took him right back to the law. He said, a man shall leave his mother and father and they will become one flesh. He took him right back to Genesis 2, 24. Why is that important? Even Jesus knew what God had already said and he took him right back to what God's word said. Here's the thing I know about the Bible. The Bible is God's character. Remember we were talking about Siri a few moments ago, how I can speak into this and it can go and it, it, it knows my voice, your voice, but basically what it's doing is it's taking this and it's validating the word that I speak into here against a set of words on a cloud. You know what God's word is? It's God's character cloud. You don't want to know what God thinks about a matter in your life, in our culture? Go to his word and let him speak back to you through his character cloud. Does it align with the Bible? Jesus took him right back there and he aligned it straight back. He says, hey, God's already, God's already spoken on this. You know, I remember when I was dating Tracy and I was trying to make the decision whether or not I wanted to marry her. And as a young 19, 20 year old at the time, you know, you're young. And so you have these thoughts like, certainly this can't be the one because I'm so young. And, and you know, uh, is, is God really wanting me to get married now? And so as a 19, 20 year old, you get super spiritual about a lot of things in your life. And, and so I was praying, I was like, Lord, I need you to just write this in the sky. Like, would you show me if, if this is what you're doing? And I want to tell you this, God has a really good way of giving a word from his word. And saying it again and again and again. 
So that next morning I was in my quiet time and I was reading Proverbs 18 and I was making all these reasons why it probably wasn't God's timing for me to get married. And all of a sudden I got to Proverbs 18, 22 and it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, God, can you validate your voice any more than that? Does it align with God's word? Because here's the thing, God wants you to get a word from his word. Number two, does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? Now, here's the problem. We have a lot of good counsel in our life, but not all good counsel is godly counsel. We need to have people in our life who they themselves are hearing from the Lord in their own personal life, and we can go to them and say, hey, listen, I'm considering, like God has spoken to me about this. I think the Lord's saying this to me. What do you think? But here's what we do sometimes. Don't we often go and find people to agree with what we really want to do, not always what God tells us to do? I mean, isn't it true? You can find six or seven people and they all have different responses. But if you go to godly people for godly counsel, they're gonna tell you the truth. I wanna tell you something as a pastor. I value this in my own life personally. I value the godly counsel of our staff team. I love it when one of our staff members, one of our pastors, one of our leaders comes in and says, pastor, I wanna give you some counsel on a matter. I love our vision team. I love the, the eight to 10 men who hold my arms up, who pray for me, who speak into my life. And I just say, hey, what should I do on this matter? I value that. Why do I value that? Because one of the ways I validate God's voice is through asking, does godly counsel agree? Look what the book of Proverbs says. It says, the way of fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. They listen to advice. Do you have to take it through a filter? Certainly. But let me ask you a question. Are you listening to the advice of the godly counsel in your life? Or are you only wanting someone to validate what you really want to do? Because there's a difference. There's a difference. Look what it says in Proverbs 24, 6. Surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors. Many advisors. I want to tell you, if you're married here today at both of our campuses, one of the greatest advisors you have in your life is your spouse. You know, other than Jesus, like Jesus loves me and he sees how screwed up and bent and broken I am sometimes. But I want to tell you something. My wife loves me enough to be great godly counsel in my life. And if you shut out the godly counsel that God gave you in a spouse, you need to be very careful. God may have put that person in your life to speak to you in ways that nobody else can speak to you. That's one of the things I love about my wife. She always tells me the truth. Even when I don't want to hear it, I'm like, I know, I know, I know. But she's right. In the Bible, there's a story of a guy named Rehoboam. And when his father died, he was to take over as the king. And he basically, his father's counselors came to him and said, listen, if you will serve the people, the people will serve the vision. He had counsel into his life, godly counsel speaking into him. But you know what Rehoboam decided to do? He decided to not speak or not listen to the counsel that was in his life. He went to his friends and said, hey, what do you guys think we should do? You need to be very careful. Does godly counsel agree with the decision? And you know why we struggle sometimes with godly counsel? 
Sometimes we go to people and we want them to get a word for God for us. Like as a pastor, sometimes I feel like a word vending machine. Like people are like, hey, can you pray for me about this matter and tell me what God tells you? And I go, yeah, $59.95. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I would never do that. I would charge $29.95. And um, I'm just teasing. Just relax, okay? I want to say this. You need to hear from God. Then you need to go find godly counsel and say, does it agree? Because here's what God will do. God will use that godly counsel to validate his voice in your life. It's so important. And then the third one is this. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? Does it align with the Bible? Does godly counsel agree? And do I have peace? Paul said these words in Colossians 3, verse 15. He said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Everyone say rule. All right. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The word rule here is the word umpire. It's the same word in our language that we have for umpire. What does an umpire do? He calls balls and strikes. He says, you're out, you're safe. Basically, the umpire comes in and he makes the call. Here's what Paul's saying. Peace should be the deciding factor in making the call on validating God's voice. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? What is God's voice saying in relationship to peace? Because here's what I know. I've dealt with this in my own life. You can have a great plan, but have no peace. In the fall of 2007, I was given an opportunity along with another guy to move to the city of San Diego, California. A couple churches got together and they were going to fund us $2 million to go to the city of San Diego and start a church. And man, I just knew it was God's will. Like, I'm like, God, you are in San Diego, right? And so I get off the plane. Tracy and I go out there to pray about the opportunity. We get off the plane. We Listen, it is 68 degrees, like 360 days of the year in San Diego. It must be God. So we get off. We start driving around. You know, I'm looking, I'm passing by the Chargers Stadium. I'm like, yes, Lord, this is a, a, a pro team here. You know, all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, God, this must be you. We drive into these neighborhoods. We're looking at houses. And all of this time, I am creating a plan of how God is going to make this work. The only problem is we didn't have a peace. And I continued to follow the plan. I was like, God, we're gonna... We're going to work this plan. I'm going to show you my yeses on the table, God. (laughs) That was in September of 2007. In January of 2008, in fact, be specific, January 27th, 2008, it was my birthday. I was at a retreat with a couple hundred teenagers in a frozen part of Oklahoma. And about 4 a.m. that morning, I felt like God just woke me up. I knew it had to be God because back then I wasn't a morning person. And at 4 a.m., I felt like the Lord just impressed upon me and said, Sean, you got a wonderful plan, but I haven't given you my peace. You're not going. My house was on the market. My yes was on the table. We were shopping for things at Ikea saying, we're gonna go from 2,000 square feet to 300 square feet. It was all out there. But God hadn't given us a peace. Here's what I learned in that moment. You can have the greatest plan 
and believe that God's speaking to you, but if God speaks to you, he's gonna give you his peace. Here's how I know that. God never leads through fear, he leads through faith. God never leads through fear. If you're, if you're weighing a major decision in your life and you're so fearful about it that you can't get God's peace, you need to stop. You need to wait. It's amazing the things that we run away from in our life and the things that we devoid in our life. And we just say, well, I just got this fear about it. It's like, well, then you don't have peace about it. Philippians 4 6 and 7 says we should pray about everything. And then he says this in verse 7. He says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this verse because we know what the peace part is, but here's what he says God's peace can transcend all your understanding. What does that mean? That word understanding means reason or logic. There have been times in my life I prayed for something and said, God, I need you to validate your voice. And God gave me a peace past reason and even past logic. The plan wasn't even that great, but God's peace was greater. He says it will guard your hearts. What does that word guard mean? It means like a group of soldiers that surround you. So here's why I love this verse. The peace of God transcends all reason or logic and will surround you and protect you in your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what I love about validating God's voice. When God speaks, he speaks through faith, not through fear, and he gives us his peace. Six years ago, almost six years ago, we were praying about moving to Atlanta, Georgia. Tracy and I decided we wanted to hear God's voice. And so we started getting up early and getting out his word and praying together. And I even went on like a short fast to really say, God, this is a big decision for us. And I'll never forget on day five, we were, we were praying and fasting and asking God to speak. On day five, I was sitting there on a Saturday morning. I was reading God's word and God gave me a word from his words, right from the Bible that confirmed what he wanted us to do. And let me tell you mostly what God did. God gave us a peace that passed our understanding. Here's what I said. God, I'm really happy here in Arkansas. Everybody here knows me. Everyone here loves me. It's safe here. We're gonna pay the house off here. But here's what God did. God began to speak and he gave me a peace that passed all understanding. He said, Sean, you and your family are going to Atlanta, Georgia. Can I tell you something? That peace is still here today. I've never doubted hearing God's voice about coming here. Why? Because I was willing to wait on him giving us a word and letting him speak. I wanna tell you something today. Some of you are afraid in this room today because you have a major decision in your life and you're trying, you're trying to do the drive-by route, the drive-through route. Like, God, I wanna order this one on the app and pick it up in three minutes. And God says, hey, why don't you get before me? Why don't you take time to listen and let me speak to you? I'm the God of miracles. You think I can't speak in a moment? Because here's what I've learned about God. God wants to validate his voice. 
And what's fun is, like I said, you get to the point where you quit getting excited about what God does and you get more excited about what God says. There are promises over my life I'm praying every day. Why? Because God's continuing to speak. He's not done. Listen, some of you are in your 50s and 60s and you think God's done with you. No, God's just getting started. He wants you to tune in his voice. His frequency is a personal relationship. He wants you to value it and he wants to change your life. So think about it this way. What would happen in your family? What would happen in your job? What would happen in your parenting? What could happen in our community if thousands of people who call their home South Crest Church decided that they were gonna start asking God to speak to them personally? And they start validating his voice and they start doing what God tells them to do. Here's what will happen. God will bring revival to South Atlanta. You know the biggest thing God will start showing you? God will start speaking to you about how he loves other people. Like you'll be walking through Walmart and you'll be like, if that person doesn't get out of the line real quick, I know they got 20 items and it says 15 or less, I'm gonna kill them. And instead of seeing that, you're gonna see a person in the line and the Lord's gonna gently whisper to you and say, see that person? I wanna save them. And I want you to tell them about me. Because I love them like I love you. Let's pray together. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. Remember, you can find more sermons just like this one on our website at southcrest.church. If you have any questions about our church, email us at hello at southcrest.tv. We'll see you next time.